Welcome back to another episode of The Silent Battle. I hope everyone is having a great week so far. I'm really excited for this segment today. Again, I'm your host, Erica Honeycutt, and today I would like to welcome back my friend, Beth Gorman, from East Longmeadow, Massachusetts, to the podcast. Beth was on my podcast in May of this year. She had interstitial lung disease caused by hypersensitivity pneumonitis, which happens in some people after they breathe in certain substances in the environment, such as mold or skin cells shed by animals with fur. She was also awaiting a double lung transplant at that time. However, on August 25th of this year, she received two new lungs from a selfless donor, and she is here today to give us an update on how she's doing. Let's get started. Welcome back, Beth. Thank you so much for being part of the Silent Battle podcast today. Hi, Erica. So happy to uh, be able to speak with you again. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. It's wonderful to have you. Beth, I know that you shared with me in the previous podcast interview the name of the disease you had. But for listeners who don't remember or new listeners, can you again tell us the name of your disease and share your story with us regarding when this disease showed up in your life? Sure. Um, My actual disease is under a large umbrella of diseases Mm -hmm. of interstitial lung disease, as you know. Mm -hmm. And my particular disease is hypersensitivity pneumonitis, or HP for short. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically... Uh, it started to show and after some uh, breast cancer treatment that I had had in the year of 2017. Mm-hmm. In the summer of 2018, I became very short of breath. It was progressive, and the shortness of breath became very bad. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, long story short is I ended up with having a lung biopsy and was diagnosed with the HP ILD in October of 2018. Wow. And when was the turning point during that during your disease that led to you being listed for a lung transplant? Well, um, I would by the time I was actually diagnosed in 2018, I was pretty much end stage. My mm-hmm. lung disease was end stage, so um, I was in pretty bad shape. Mm-hmm. And I, when I immediately after I got diagnosed, I was placed on oxygen, uh, and the problem was I faced a couple of barriers getting listed for transplant. One was being overweight mm-hmm. from all the prednisone that I had taken, and two, a lot of transplant centers required to be five five years out cancer free. Mm-hmm. So I was not at that point when I was uh, diagnosed. So I was not a candidate for transplant. So I just subsisted on oxygen and prednisone, and I received an infusion of rituximab, Mm -hmm. which suppressed my immune system so I wouldn't be as reactive to whatever I was reacting to. Yes. And after I hit the five years, um, I still had, I managed to do that, and then I I had the weight uh, weight issue to address put my mind to that and lost close to 100 pounds, which led me to at least apply to be listed. Um, at that point, the oxygen, being an oxygen full-time, 24-7, was really impacting the quality of my life. Mm-hmm. My lungs were 
deteriorating pretty quickly. And fortunately, I was able to get listed, and uh, that's what there. Yeah, but there was really, it was either kind of a lung transplant or at one point they were thinking of either actually a palliative care, yeah. you know, when I would not qualify for a transplant. So very grateful for how this has all turned out. Absolutely. Um, now, how long were you on the list altogether? I was fortunate enough to be listed on Valentine's Day of this year, February 14th. And I had one dry run in March. Mm -hmm. And um, then on August 25th, I received the precious gift of a new set of lungs from a selfless donor. Well, and now... So six months. Okay. Six months. And six months, wow. I mean, that's that's not long at all. I mean, I I guess it, it feels like an eternity when you can't breathe. But honestly, six months is not long at all. No, I, I, I was actually feeling very fortunate because I'm very short. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm barely five feet tall. And one of the most difficult things to consider in finding a matching donor for me was the size of the lungs. Right. So I have to, the donor would, would have to be a very small person, short right. person, right. short person. Because you can't stuff kind of big lungs into... Right, I, I was told that as well that it yeah. that they uh, have more lungs for taller people, unfortunately, than they do for for shorter people. Yeah, it just I I had the faith that you know when I was when it was my time, then it would happen. Um, but I think that being on the shorter side just makes it a little longer for you to be able to find a matching donor, but it's right. not possible. Right. Not impossible. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now that you have received your transplant, how do you feel? I feel like a whole different person. I feel like I've got my life back. I It is such a miracle and a gift, and I am so happy. Um, I'm walking three miles a day when I can get outside. I live in the Northeast, so it's starting to get cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I am participating in pulmonary rehab, uh, exercising, driving now. I just got my limitations lifted um, for all limitations lifted. So I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm That's feeling wonderful. so grateful, so blessed. That is so wonderful to hear. And how many liters of O2 were you on before the transplant? At rest. When I wasn't doing anything, I needed at least six to eight. And when I was up trying to do anything or any type of exertion or exercise, I was on eight to ten liters. Wow. Are you still on oxygen at all? Not even a tiny bit of a liter. None at all. I'm totally breathing room (laughs) air, regular air, and my oxygen saturations have been uh, in the high 90s, which is just phenomenal it's just a a gift that's amazing um i was hoping that you would say that that's what i wanted to hear so i'm i'm excited for you um what challenges have you faced physically and mentally uh since having transplanted lungs um mentally i think the biggest challenge i faced and i think i've handled it pretty well is um but it can be challenging sometimes is 
you get these new set of lungs and then mm-hmm. it's easy to become impatient with yourself with the healing right. and discouraged very easily because you've just been through this whole surgery and you lose sight of the little baby steps that you're making along the way because you can't always see them. Mm-hmm. We always recognize kind of a big, you know, kind of a, we recognize more of a big change versus little baby steps right. inching up. So, you know, I think that's the biggest challenge emotionally that I've, I've faced is, is um, just giving myself the time to heal and allowing myself to just know that stability is good and it, it might inch up and everything will be, you know, it, you know, this is all, it's all good. Right. You know, and right. just to be, be gentle with myself and not, it's not something that's going to just happen overnight, even though you get these new lungs, you're not going to be, it's not like you're going to be a hundred percent the next day. Like it takes work to get these new lungs back working again for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And physically I was, I was very lucky. Um, I had very few complications, um, and I just been doing everything that my team wants me to do. And, you know, the, the biggest, I think, challenge has been, um, you know, having my caregiver drive me back and forth to my trans, you know, my, mm-hmm. my follow-ups and everything, um, because for, for 12 weeks I was restricted to drive, but now that I'm driving, my, my husband, my caretaker, my caregiver, um, back to work mm-hmm. and I feel very lucky. So physically I'm doing very well. It was, it was a pretty good recovery for me and I'm very grateful for that. That's, that's awesome. You know, cause you know, some, with some people, you know, it's not that smooth. So you, you know, you're very, it sounds like you're very blessed. Um, Absolutely. And although lung transplant is very exciting because you get this second chance at life, um, it's also very scary because it's major surgery and it's not an easy thing to go through. Um, It's definitely an adjustment. You have to be fully committed to the process from transplant to post-transplant. And Beth, can you elaborate more on this? Oh, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. and the commitment even is before transplant. Right. Um, it, it, you know, making sure that the one thing I can say is, is I think in addition to the extreme skill of my team, mm-hmm. the, the other thing that really helped me in a good recovery was putting in all the effort I could to get in as good a shape as I could before the surgery. Absolutely. I went to rehab, I pushed myself, I dragged my oxygen to rehab and dragged my oxygen around the neighborhood and I'd be driving up to rehab sometimes crying like, I don't feel like doing this, I feel so lousy yeah. and then I'd be telling myself, you have to, you have to, you know, right. and I did and I really, really 100% think that paid off it, and you have, it to, be, you have to be committed, you have to make that commitment and then afterwards... Because there are so many things that the doctors need to keep track of, mm-hmm. it's really important to be committed to need, having taking all the medication as you're scheduled, if you yes. need help with that, to get the help you need with organi- organi- organizing the meds, 
making sure you can get to all your follow-up appointments yeah and and getting up and out of bed and pushing yourself to do any type of deep breathing movement exercise that you can from day one after the surgery all the way through and and you're absolutely right i agree with you 100 percent on everything you said um you know it's a it's it's a huge commitment and um you know you have to if you don't work on getting um getting into not really getting into shape because it's hard it's hard to have a full-blown workout whenever you have you know uh sick lungs but if you like you said if you don't keep moving and you know if it's it's going to be hard for you to withstand the transplant i know that um my doctors had told me a lot of times you can be too sick to to have the surgery and you don't want to get to a point where you're too sick to have the surgery because you haven't because you know you've you've stopped moving so the the best thing you can do is keep moving as much as as hard as it as hard as it is um when you have a lung disease that's like that's critical um and chronic um but it is the best thing for your lungs um um, and it's the best thing for your body if you if you're wanting to try to uh, be listed for transplant because like I said you need um, you need to have that you know what I mean you need to have that you need you need to have your lungs um, your lungs are a muscle and as much as you keep going you know the more you keep going the better the outcome is for uh, you to be listed for transplant because like I said they will not transplant you if you're too sick to undergo the transplant right exactly and I totally understand and how hard it is to exercise with any type of lung issues mm -hmm. and having it being difficult having difficulty breathing it's very hard to get any type of movement in exercise sometimes especially because of the shortness of breath and right. the fatigue. I mean, there'd be so many times I'd be in my house and I'd be tripping over the tubing and crying while I'm trying to exercise. Yes. And it's not easy at all. And when I say shape, well, I guess what I meant by, I, what I want to reiterate is just as good a shape as you can get to. Anything that you can do is good. Yes. Anything. Any type of movement. So you don't need to be a bodybuilder, but... Anything you can do to get yourself as strong as you can be, yes, you know, is is so helpful to you, to you. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what do you think is most important? <clears throat> excuse me for our listeners to know that are battling ILD and contemplating a lung transplant. <clears throat> well, other than um, what we just talked about, mm -hmm. as far as you know, if you are contemplating a lung transplant and you are eventually listed, mm -hmm. you decide, you know, um, to keep moving, as we talked about, and yes. just bring up, keep in good contact with your, with your doctors, your teams, have an open dialogue with them, because mm -hmm. even after transplant, talk, going back to the commitment phase, I mean, there's a number of things I need to do every day. I need to do home breathing tests every day. I need to, you know, take 
a bunch of medications every day. I need to take my blood pressure and pulse every day. I need to take my temperature twice a day. And they're looking for trends, anything that may show a downward trend. Yes. And the minute you see something that doesn't look 100% right, it's important to be have a good important to let the team know and if you're pre-transplant to have an open dialogue with your doctor Mm -hmm. your pulmonologist the pre-transplant team and just have you know be open and let everybody know what's going on with you even if it seems minor because it could be something that they could help with or it just i I feel like I want to say that because I, I feel like I minimized my symptoms in my ILD when I first, and I was diagnosed late because mm-hmm. I attributed it to being out of shape. I gained some weight. I'd gone through the cancer treatment. I thought, I'm just out of shape. That's why I'm short of breath. But it turned out my lungs were like scarred. Well, nobody, so, nobody anticipates, you know, on having something brewing inside of them, like the terrible lung disease diseases that we've, we've had, you know? No, not at all. But I'm just saying, if you if you have an open dialogue with your provider and say, well, you know, this isn't normal for me. Right. Um, you know, they can, even if you think, well, maybe, you know, it's not that much of anything, have, have the discussion. Right. And, you know, it, it's worth it to get on things and nip things in the bud as quickly as you can. It, to- it totally is. I, I totally agree. And... Beth, again, I just want to appreciate you. You know, I I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you um, so much for coming on here today to give us an update on how you're doing. Um, It was great talking with you and connecting with you again. You look and sound absolutely amazing. I feel absolutely amazing, and I feel blessed and grateful. And I'm so grateful and appreciative of you for all you do um, for people with ILD and who you yourself have been through a double lung transplant. It helps people not feel alone, and that is so important, Erica. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, you're so welcome. I, I absolutely enjoy doing this and getting to meet amazing human beings like yourself. And so I, you know... I, it's a it's a joy and and you're so welcome and I know that this interview really educated and helped a lot of listeners out there remember if you out there have any questions or comments please email me at the silent battle 2022 at gmail.com also I just want to say this real quickly before I let you guys go I know that we we didn't have a lot of interviews for this month And it'll probably be that same way in December as well due to these months being holiday months and it's just a busy time of year. However, I will do my best to bring you a few new interviews in December. But after December, things should slow down for me and I'll I'll be back to bringing you regular interviews. So please just be patient with me. I love all my listeners and I appreciate you all for the support. And um, always remember, life is tough but so are you. Beth, have a great day, and everyone else have a great rest of the day as well. Thank you. Thank you, Erica.